0: It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. Hey, cruel coven. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit of thy womb. May the Lord open my vagina (laughs) and may me close it. (laughs)
1: This is Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Tori. We did that backwards today. Yeah, we fucking did. felt weird. It felt really good, though, because a lot of times I forget to start saying it. It felt like a dog walking on its hind legs. I saw a dog
0: running on three legs the other day. Oh, Mm -hmm. was it
1: missing one? Yeah. Or did it just choose
0: not to use it? (laughs) It was gone. Oh. Amputated. That's sad. Mm -hmm. It is. It was kind of cute, but it was kind of like scary looking like when you see a demon. Yeah. Which doesn't happen often, but like when you see... It just kind of throws you off. (laughs) Well, yeah, like on TV or something, when you see like a demon, like a possession and they're like walking like... Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what that was like. Like crab walking up the wall. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's what seeing that three, like a dog was like. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love when they start to crab
0: walk on the ceiling. Yeah. I can't crab walk anymore. Can you? Oh, (laughs) I haven't haven't tried. (laughs) I haven't tried, but I just can feel it in my bones that sometimes it's hard for me to stand up. Yeah. So... Yeah i'm
1: sure i can't crab walk i did some stretching yesterday did you? yeah on the floor in your it, living room Yep, it felt real good but yeah I, it was hard to get up
0: um, after <laughs> did you follow a thing no or did you just get down on the floor i just did whatever go felt good <laughs> yeah that's my life motto i just yeah, do whatever feels good exactly
1: mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure what's our okay we've got a qotd from
0: twitter we have a qotd from the twitterverse and it is from at 94 angela 13 angela is a patron she's our new on our patron. patreon yeah. and today was our day that we needed to shout her out because she just signed up a couple of days ago and we love her she's the best and she's fucking funny and i i just really like her i love interacting with her
1: angela you're really smart you're really pretty you're really cool that should be on her Valentine's Day card. Smart.pretty.cool.
0: Hey. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I also love to talk to Chloe on Twitter. Chloe's on there. She has different screen names on everything. So she messaged me and made sure that I knew that it was her. I was like, Chloe,
1: I know who you are. If you guys, okay, if you guys on Twitter, I only go on there to look at the podcast stuff and interact <laughs> with you guys.
0: you look at my page, it's all from 2013. Yeah. So the question from Angela, who we love, is if you had to choose one serial killer to kill you, who would it be and why? Katie on the kick drum. Come, come (laughs) on the kick drum. (laughs) And Katie on the kick drum, come. What is your answer? I think that I would pick dennis lynn raider would I'm you I'm not
1: going to call him btk yes do you, you know why hate him that's exactly fucking why so, so i you could, could turn the table rip on him oh the entire yeah. time and just call him lynn hey Danny lynn <laughs> you fucking dork yeah <laughs> <laughs> just so i can make fun of him you fucking mm-hmm. dorkus yeah He'd be dingus. tying me up i'd be like you're a fucking dingus <laughs> i <like>, hate you <laughs> And I'd be like, Lynn. I would just totally I emasculate. Would totally emasculate him. I would be like,
0: what are you looking at, four eyes? <laughs> I wear glasses, so it's fine for me to say, okay? Where's, all your, you. well,
1: where's all your hair, Lynn? I'd just call him Lynn. Hey, Linny. Linny boy. Are you
0: going to kill me now? Are you going to kill me? What about you? Who would you want to be murdered by? I think I would want to be murdered by Jack the Ripper. Just, really? Yeah. Just to say I was, even though I wouldn't be able to. But <laughs> I would, like... I don't fantasize over any serial killers or fucking pieces of shit, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: like if you're going to ask me the question, Angela, I'm going to look into it, and I really... (laughs) Uh Put some thought into it. I'm going to really try here. I just think that Jack the Ripper was very... stealthy stealthy and like when you think about jack the ripper you think about a man like in a long black trench coat yeah and a, tr- and a hat yeah and just like and then he goes around the corner and his coat just whips around in a yeah. circle and he's just gone in the night whipping and swooping and
1: swiping all over a lot yeah especially since we don't know who he was right it's kind of just like this idea this mysterious yeah. like was he even figure. real He's like the guy on the Barbie mystery computer games we played when we were little. Fuck me up. What do they call him? Shadowy figure? Something like that. He's a shadowy figure at the carnival. I want to play that game so badly. Shit. You can find it like on eBay, I'm sure. I love that game. That was so fun. I liked the um, the mansion one. And the carnival one. Ooh, fucking
0: mm-hmm. i would cry mm-hmm. if i got those games because we have like a even though a lot of the computers now don't have the the cd-rom thing we have oh, one that you plug in they don't no. oh and you know. um i i really want i love okay barbie magic hairstyler was like eh, it was okay yeah it got boring after a while but then the barbie the barbie mysterious carnival or whatever it was mm-hmm. that was my fucking jam i mm-hmm. would nut to that yeah <laughs> If I got that in my little grubby fucking hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I hate Do myself. you remember uh girl talk? Yeah we played the games and if you lost you got a zit on your yeah. face. Yeah, <laughs> well I must be losing quite a bit because <laughs> I have a lot of them on my face. Uh, that was so fun. It would go or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. yep.
1: Oh, God oh, nostalgia. And we
0: would like drink Pepsi. <laughs> Always and Pepsi. Eat um <laughs> chips and potato wedges dipped in ranch. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about that the other day. I have an unhealthy obsession with ranch. Oh, it's because
1: we're from the Midwest, don't you know? Yeah, we love our ranch dressing. A buckets. A ranch. I <laughs> would
0: love to bathe in ranch. <laughs> so I could just go, 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 it down as I'm showering.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Everything's good with ranch.
0: Oh, it's very creamy. <laughs> you ever Can notice? you tell I haven't ate yet today? I did I'm have hungry my coffee. Too. Did you have coffee? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I need another one. Today,
1: cruel Coven we're going to Canada. We've got, um, we do have some Canadian listeners. I can see you. No, I can't see you. But I know that you're there. (laughs) I know you're there. It's like God. Are you there, Canadians? It's me, Tori. (laughs) I'm watching you. We're going to Canada. Have you ever been to Canada? I've never been to Canada, but I would really? like to see
0: Niagara Falls. All those fishing trips, you never all went those to fishing trips. We heat and we hauled and we went right to Minnesota. <laughs> okay,
1: and then we fucking smelled like
0: fish for days. Close enough. It was terrible.
1: I've been to Canada. It's beautiful. the the hour the, the, the hour that I was there, we got fucking like searched lit. hardcore. Oh, really? Coming who? No, going into Canada. I don't Canada. remember. You, <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't remember you going to Canadian. So we, yeah, with my mom and dad. This is before you needed a passport. Oh. So we drove in and for some reason they picked us to like question hardcore. Now here I am like maybe ten and there's like this this I don't know what he is. Is he a Mountie? Is that what they're was called? He on a
0: horse?
1: No. Oh, but
0: did he have a badge? He
1: I was pulled aside and he's like, What's your business in Canada? Where were you born? Where are you coming from? Um, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we're on vacation. <laughs> so And then, like, you you can't... You couldn't bring mace or pepper spray or alcohol over the border. And, of course, Bill Atkinson's got all three. Of
0: course, Bill. (laughs) So my dad's,
1: like, pushing the mace down and, like, at the side of his door, like, trying to, like, knock it over so he couldn't see it. Oh, wild. Oh, and I was scared shitless as a child. But, I mean, we got through, so... (laughs) Well, I mean,
0: you made it. Yeah. They were making sure that you guys weren't like party animals. Right. Partying around, going over the border. Yeah. I hear that people in Canada are very nice. Mm hmm. That's the stereotype. However, the people that we're talking about today are not so nice for Canadians. Not nice at all. No, in fact, I'm going to be real honest here. The Delphi murders were very hard for me, mentally. Mm hmm. Um, But the one that I'm going to talk about today is it really like hurt my soul when i was researching it yeah and it took me seven hours to research yeah mine's fucking terrible too Mm -hmm. canada we love you we love you but we don't like the two people we are about
1: to talk about today who goes first i go first Ooh, thank god i need a break so i'm going to be telling you about the boozing barber gilbert paul jordan gilbert paul jordan yes
0: it has a serial killer ringer. Why to do it. they all have three
1: names? I don't know. I mean, I think I mean, most we all people have, have yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but why but do they, they go by three go names? Go by them, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't go by Victoria Nicole Ellen.
1: Between 1965 and 1988, Gilbert Paul Jordan murdered at least 10 indigenous women in Vancouver. Ugh. But he didn't shoot them, he didn't stab them, he didn't strangle them, he killed them with alcohol. Ah, I've heard of this man. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was born Gilbert Paul Elsie in Vancouver on December 12th, 1931. He started drinking at a very young age around the time his parents divorced. And by 1947, when he was 16, he was already an alcoholic. No. By his own admission and a high school dropout. By the time he was 21, his rap sheet included things like assault, heroin possession, and hit and run. After that, he tacked on convictions including rape drunk driving, kidnapping, and of course, eventually murder. Gross. In 1961, Gilbert was arrested when police found a 5-year-old indigenous girl in his car far away from her home. He was charged with abduction, but a stay on the proceedings basically stopped his trial on that one and it was just dropped. He was never charged.
0: Oh, I yeah. fucking
1: hate that. 5-year-old little girl. Yeah, come on. You know okay. damn well what was going to happen. There's there. only one reason that they would do Fuck. that he would do that. Later on that same year, just after Christmas, he stood atop the Lions Gate Bridge and threatened to jump. I wish he would have. Yeah, it would have saved a lot of people a lot of fucking heartache. Mm -hmm. During a following trial, he felt it was a great idea to throw up the Nazi salute toward the judge. And for that, he was charged with
0: contempt. Okay.
1: What if? Just
0: a downright piece of shit. Go
1: home and stay home. And
0: never (laughs) leave your house. No. Yeah, what did that do, Gilbert?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Did that do something for you? I don't... In 1963, Gilbert found two women, and he was able to lure them into his car by inviting them to drink with him. He ended up sexually assaulting and robbing them, and he was charged with both, but he was only convicted of the theft. He learned to be a barber during one of his stints in prison, and when he got out, he opened up a shop on Kingsway Avenue in Vancouver's downtown east side. It was called the Slocan Shop. Slocan? Slocan? whatever one or the other he used some money that he inherited that he had invested and apparently he was able to turn that small amount into quite a bit of money so he was wealthy not only did this money allow him to open up his shop but it kept him supplied in all the alcohol he wanted Mm. and it also allowed him to hire a really good lawyer now, Gilly Boy was an absolute raging alcoholic by this point. It said that he would consume around 50 ounces of vodka
0: Whoa. a day. No.
1: And whatever else he could get his hands on. 50 ounces of vodka. Wow. Brings me back <laughs> to drinking uh. vodka in your garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cranberry vodka. Ooh. 50 ounces of vodka. That's, that's getting close to like a half gallon. Mm-hmm. That's too fucking much Killy mm-hmm. boy not only was gilbert addicted to alcohol but he was also addicted to having sex while drunk drunken escapades if you the time will i have sex yeah which was pretty much constantly because he was constantly drunk he liked to hang out at the bars on skid row which were known for having rough crowds of heavy drinkers and drug addicts so gilbert blended right in mm-hmm. even though he was wealthy and he you know Yeah, right. He wasn't really one of them. Right. He was. Right. He was short, kind of stocky, and he wore those really thick black, like, rimmed glasses. Hmm. So, just to paint a picture. His thing was, he'd find a woman in a bar, buy her drinks until she was nice and toasted and then convince her to go home with him or if they were a sex worker he'd hire them for sex once he'd get the woman alone in private he'd keep giving her alcohol to the point where she'd pass out then he'd push their heads back open their mouths and pour more liquor down their throats until they were poisoned enough to die god Mm -hmm. what the fuck Mm -hmm. isn't that fucked up all murder is fucked up obviously (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that just like takes that's just like well and number one you're getting rid of all your alcohol too and (laughs) they're not fucking enjoying it he had money he could buy as much as he wanted i hate that Mm oh yeah that i mean what a coward what a coward yeah his first murder victim was a woman named ivy rose oswald who was a switchboard operator she was hanging out with gilbert drinking and whatnot and the two ended up in a hotel room on the east side Ivy's nude body was found in the hotel room with her blood alcohol level at a lethal rate of 0.51. Wow. The legal limit is 0.08 mm-hmm. to drive, mm-hmm. and death by alcohol poisoning happens at 0.4. Mm-hmm. Hers was 0.51. But Ivy's death was ruled accidental, and Gilbert was never charged just a couple days after her murder he applied to have his last name changed from elsie to jordan and he was successful so gilbert kept fucking around for a few years before he killed again in 1969 he got two DUIs on the same day in 1971 he was charged with committing an, an indecent act in a public place the charges were dropped for that one in 73 he was charged with indecent exposure and in 1974 gilbert was found guilty and convicted of indecent assault while he was living in prince george he was sentenced with 2 years in prison and the crown council which sounds fancy as hell yeah. want the crown council wanted him to be tagged as a dangerous sexual offender when he got out but the court denied it why, why? i don't i don't get it he got to go on living his life and this was a huge mistake on their part because this is when the spree basically started the barber shop that he'd opened was by hastings street and there were plenty of these like grungy bars to hang around it was just a seedy area mm-hmm. and they these bars were filled with sex workers junkies drunks cokeheads. there was this one bar where you could watch porn as you sat and drank it's like a really great area. Yeah. Okay.
0: That sounds like a great fucking yeah. time. So okay. it's
1: 1975 and Gilbert is out of prison after these two years that he spent in there. He's back in action. So he's just there thinking about what he's going to do and how he can be even more of a shitbag. And he comes up with the perfect idea. He's going to abduct a woman from a mental institution. Go fuck yourself, Gilbert. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of... God. <laughs> there's not a lot of information about this particular abduction. Of course there isn't. So... I couldn't find out how he got to her. I don't know if she escaped or if he went in and got her or if he knew her. I couldn't find any of that. But he ended up being charged on this with kidnapping and, quote, sexual intercourse with a feeble-minded person, end quote. His sentence was 26 months in prison. In 1976, Gilbert had to have a mental examination with Dr. Bezzaretti as part of his court proceeding. So this was he this was mandatory and the doctor diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder. So we don't hear much about him from this time until 1982. Three women died at his barbershop from July of 82 to June of 85. All three of them had died of alcohol poisoning. Gilbert did report these deaths himself after talking to his fancy pants lawyer first and getting, you know, advice. And all three of these women's deaths were ruled accidental.
0: What the Uh fuck?
1: Their names were Mary Johns, found with a blood alcohol level of 0.76, Patricia Thomas, found with a blood alcohol level of 0.51, and Patricia Andrew, found with a blood alcohol level of 0.79. Since they were known alcoholics and sex workers living a high-risk lifestyle, apparently they just weren't worth an investigation. He was never charged with these murders. Gilbert spent the night of October 11th, 1987, drinking with a 27-year-old friend named Vanessa Lee Buckner. They were at this sleazy motel called the Niagara Hotel in Vancouver, and Gilbert was kind of in and out of the room all night, buying more alcohol. He left the motel room for the last time around 6 a.m. on the 12th police got an anonymous tip by phone at 7:40 a.m and when they got to the motel they found the nude body of vanessa buckner now some sources say vanessa worked as a sex worker every so often some say she didn't at all it doesn't matter but it matters in the fact that if she did work as a sex worker they like automatically wrote them off right that's right. why it matters exactly but i there was it was alternating kind of facts here, but most say she was just known as a moderate drinker. Her blood alcohol level when she died was point nine one. Fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Now investigators were able to track that anonymous phone call, and it turns out it came from another hotel room that Gilbert was staying in. Mm-hmm. It was in the Marble Arch Hotel, which was close by, and this was enough to put him under suspicion for Vanessa's death. So he he called and reported her dead from another hotel room.
0: That's insane.
1: Another nude body was found in a different room a month later. This time, it was that of a woman named Edna Shade, and she, too, died of alcohol poisoning. Investigators were able to match fingerprints from the scene of Edna's death to Gilbert, and they put him under surveillance. So instead of just arresting him, we're going to watch him.
0: Yeah, so we let him... I -hmm. mean, he's killed multiple people by now, but we let him kill Vanessa, right? Mm -hmm. And then we just we just kind of were a little suspicious of him his fingerprints were found at edna's yeah fuck off. his
1: but i think it's because they died of alcohol poisoning and they're yeah. like oh maybe they just drink themselves to right. death you know but how
0: many fucking people
1: can yeah. drink themselves to mm-hmm. death in your presence how do you even get to point nine yeah. one? how do you be conscious you can't no you, you can't can. get yourself there i mean you probably could i don't know i don't know
0: a drunk maybe yeah
1: but she wasn't mm-hmm They watched him for 11 days, so he was under surveillance for 11 days. They saw him search out indigenous women on Skid Row in downtown Vancouver. They watched him take four women, four different times within these 11 days to various hotel rooms and each time, police had to intervene as he tried to poison them with alcohol. I'm surprised that they even fucking uh, that mm-hmm. was going to be
0: my question was so, did they yeah, just
1: let him? They let him take them to the hotel rooms, but they they intervened before he was able to kill them.
0: I wonder what they did when they intervened.
1: I don't know. But wait, till four you four yeah. times within 11 days, less than 2 weeks.
0: I'm sorry. So it's four women that he probably would have killed. It in two absolutely. Weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just he yeah. was such a fucking goddamn psychopath, narcissistic yeah. narcissistic piece of shit that he kept doing it yeah he couldn't, even though he couldn't the police stop. kept intervening yeah, he couldn't four stop four
1: times mm-hmm. not to mention the three that he killed at his bar his own barber shop right, that right. he they didn't give a shit but about like,
0: four times yeah <laughs> of the police coming in and intervening yeah on you and you just keep fucking doing it yeah
1: wait till you hear this next part you're gonna fucking want to slam your head into the wall this is a quote that came out later on at his trial it's chilling During one of these binges, police could hear Gilbert saying, quote, Have a drink. Down the hatch, baby. 20 bucks if you drink it right down. See if you're a real woman. No. Finish that drink. Finish that drink. Down the hatch. Hurry. Right down. You need another drink. I'll give you 50 bucks if you can take it. I'll give you 10, 20, 50 dollars. Whatever you want. Come on. I want to see you get it all down. You get it right down. I'll give you the 50 bucks and the 13 bucks. I'll give you 50 bucks. I told you that. If you finish that, I'll give you $75. Finish your drink, I'll give you $20. End quote. I hate that. So they that. could just hear him outside of the hotel room
0: yeah. going on and on and yeah. on. Like, Isn't that fucked? I just can't. I would love to know what about that was pleasurable for right. him. Yeah. I would really love to know. I don't know. Is it just getting them weak enough and... And so out of it that he can do anything he wants.
1: I'm sure that's part of it. He was so much of an alcoholic. I think the actual alcohol was part of it, too. Yeah.
0: Like them forcing them to drink it. I hate that. (sighs) And for those women who probably weren't even thinking like, oh, I'm going to drink and he's going to give me money and I'm going to be able to go buy what I need Mm -hmm. or provide for my children or, you know, whatever. Mm hmm. And they were just drinking. They're like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to get another yeah. 20. I'm going to get another 50. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But then when that fucking shit hits you, it hits you. Right. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. Especially st- straight vodka. Right.
0: God. Ugh. It's like he got w- off
1: washing them yeah. chug, like, chug it. Be a real woman know. and take it down. Like, yeah. Be a
0: real man uh-huh.
1: and stop being a fucking prick yeah. dick. So these four women that he almost murdered while under police surveillance were Rosemary Wilson, found with the blood alcohol level of 0.52, verna chartrand found with a blood alcohol level of 0.43 and sheila joe and mabel olson whose levels were unknown police arrested gilbert while he was in the act of poisoning his last victim she had already lost consciousness and when police swarmed the hotel room gilbert was lying on top of her forcing a huge bottle of vodka down her throat god Mm -hmm. he was connected to at least 10 deaths charged for seven of them, and only convicted on one. Jesus Christ. Uh, I saw that coming. The death of Vanessa Buckner. They had medical evidence that she died due to alcohol poisoning. She'd inhaled gastric contents into her airways and basically asphyxiated. The prosecution stated that Jordan... Poisoned her, sexually assaulted her, and left her to die as black fluid oozed out of her mouth and nose.
0: That just makes me feel so gross. know. Mm-hmm.
1: He got manslaughter for the death of Vanessa Buckner and was sentenced to, guess how many years he was sentenced to? Five. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison, but it gets worse. He appealed and got his sentence reduced to nine years but it gets worse. He only ended up serving six years. Vanessa's dad, Nick, was obviously disgusted by this, and rightfully so. He sat for an interview with the Toronto son and said, quote, he's a worm, he's a lowlife, he should be squashed just as he squashed a lot of girls' lives, end quote. Gilbert was put on probation after his release, and this meant he had to stay on Vancouver Island. In June of 2000, he was arrested and charged with sexual assault, assault, negligence, causing bodily harm, and administering a noxious substance, alcohol, but these charges were dropped because nothing could be proven. Shortly after this, he tried to change his name again to Paul Pierce, but he withdrew his application when they closed a loophole that didn't require fingerprinting or a background check. So, Mm -hmm, losers. Ha ha. And in 2002, he was fucking arrested again for being found drinking and possessing alcohol in the presence of a woman. Yeah, but it was a real great idea (laughs) to fucking let him out. Yeah. And have
0: him only serve, what,
1: seven years? Yeah, six. Yeah. Jesus. And this was against his parole terms. He couldn't be, he couldn't drink at all. So, he served 15 months for that. Oh, wow. Yeah, 15 whole months for Gilly Boy. Followed by three more years of even stricter probation. But obviously, guys, probation doesn't mean fucking shit to him. Nothing. It's not doing anything for him. Nothing. Or these women. But just two years later, in 2004, Gilbert was arrested once again, friends, because what do you expect from a conscience so small? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I put that? Uh, He violated his parole by being at a party in a hotel in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. You want to know something? I spelled Saskatchewan correctly the first try. Did you? It didn't underline it blue (laughs) in my Word doc. he was seen binge drinking with a woman named Barb Berkeley. Barb was taken to the hospital by her friend after she found her in a quote very bad condition. Barb was known to have a serious drinking problem though, and while I have no doubt that Gilbert was there fucking her up force feeding her alcohol, I have no doubt. He was acquitted of the charges because of Barb's drinking problem. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that there's no way to prove that he that he forced her to drink, but come the fuck on. It's Gilbert. Okay, look at his track record. Come on. It's Gilly. After his acquittal in 2005, he was released from jail where he was being held, and police released a public warning to be cautious of him when he was released. They warned the public. Wow. Why can't you
0: just fucking keep him in there exactly for once? so you know <laughs> yeah. that there's an issue and he's going yep. to do things again? Yep. So we think it's a big enough issue that we should warn all mm-hmm. warn all of society, but we're going to let him go because yeah. hell, why not? <laughs> yeah. He's so. just a drunk. <laughs> yep. He's only killed 5 million people. Yep. Women. Mm-hmm. Fuck women. <laughs> what are they good for? What
1: are they good for? I'm not going to read the whole thing but this is part of it quote Jordan Gilbert Paul age 73 73 at this point is the subject of this alert Jordan is five foot nine weighs 174 pounds he's partially bald with gray hair and a gray goatee he has blue eyes and wears glasses Jordan is currently in the Victoria area but has no fixed address. Jordan has a significant criminal record, including manslaughter and indecent assault of a female. He uses alcohol to lure his victims. Jordan's target victim group is adult females. Jordan is subject to court-ordered conditions, including abstain absolutely from the consumption of alcohol, not to be in the company of any female person or persons, any place where alcohol is either being consumed or possessed by that person or persons. If you observe the subject in violation of any of the above conditions, please call the Saanich Police Department. Yeah. Unquote. So please do our job for us. Yeah. Okay. Look out for this random guy who looks like every other fucking random grandpa drinking. Would you please? Gilbert never really showed any remorse for anything that he'd done. He would just deny, deny, deny or downplay everything. And he even once said in an, in an interview with a Vancouver reporter, quote, they were all on their last legs. I didn't give a damn who I was drinking with. I mean, we're all dying sooner or later. End quote. You don't get to decide when people die, though, is the yeah. fucking point. Who are you, to? Gilly. And die, he did, finally. Think the heavens above and the and brimstone the- below. <laughs> <laughs> he died on July 7th, 2006, all alone at the Friendly Inn in Victoria of... Guess what he died of? Alcohol poisoning. Cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, good. Good uh-huh. for you. Took you, you long enough. Yeah, you manifested that your fucking Ugh. self, Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. Fucking scumbag good. of the year. Yeah. Like, they're all bad, mm. obviously. But, but I, there is something, something about him. Just, yeah, there is mm. something
0: about this one. It's frustrating. It's so maddening and... Mm. I just can't, I can't, I can't even like describe why I feel so terrible about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're all terrible, but mm-hmm. there's something there that just makes me. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Just makes you feel icky. like Yeah. Creepy crawly.
0: Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. During the years of 1978 until 2001, 60 fucking five women, at the very least, disappeared from the downtown east side district of Vancouver, British Columbia. Wait, what were the years? 78 to 2000, 2001. Yeah, same yeah. time as this fucking guy. They were probably this is like friends. all of them, probably. God. This prompted the largest serial killer investigation to date in the history of Canada. A man was charged with murdering 26 women. He was convicted on only six charges. Of course. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect
1: anything less.
0: Yeah. Although he himself reported murdering 49 women to an undercover police officer while he was in jail. He was only charged with six murders. God, I hate that so much. Yeah. Robert William Picton, who went by Willie because, ugh, just, ugh, Willie. 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 We have Willie and Gilly on today's episode. Willie and Gilly. Gross. Canada, Canada. What are you Do doing better. <laughs> no, we love you. We love you, but do better figures. Okay, so he was born in nineteen forty nine. He was raised on his family's piggy farm in British Columbia. Once he became an adult, Willie remained living on the family's property in a trailer home. I believe I didn't do a whole lot of research about him as an individual because mm-hmm. I don't think he deserves my time. Right. <laughs> However, I think he had a brother and a sister the three of them or maybe more i don't fucking care they sold part of the land Mm -hmm. but he remained on like the part that he still owned and he lived in a did i say he lived in a trailer home yeah okay in 96 the picton brothers established the piggies palace good times society this was a charity with an alleged mandate to raise funds for service organizations through events like shows and dances Apparently, neighbors got annoyed as fuck at the family because these events were big and they produced a shit ton of noise. So despite them being on a farm, there were still like farming neighbors. Yeah. There was also drug use and drunk people fucking around all over the place during these events. Some 1,700 people would attend these things. Everyone from bikers to sex workers would attend, and these events got so large, and the town received so many complaints that in 2000, the city shut the palace down. Hmm. Sorry. Bummer. Yeah. So let's talk about Vancouver's downtown east side, which was uh, probably where some of that took place in your story, too. Mm-hmm. This part of the city was extremely crime-ridden and known for its warehouses and drug dens. Exactly where it took place. Yes. There were cheap hotels and flap houses. It was home to street gangs, biker gang members, pimps, sex workers, and drug dealers. Many of the women engaged in sex work and struggled with addiction. This is from the Canadian Encyclopedia. The Canadian Encyclopedia also says many of the women struggled with mental illness and 80% of them came from outside of the city of Vancouver. Some of them hadn't communicated with their families in long periods of time and many of them were indigenous women. Mm -hmm. This is a direct quote from the Canadian Encyclopedia, which I think is important to this entire story and setting and all of that good stuff. Quote, a survey of 183 sex trade workers conducted between 1999 and 2001 by the Prostitution Alternatives Counseling and Education, PACE, Society, revealed that acts of violence against these women were frequent. Huh. Meaning indig- indigenous women and sex workers. It's true. It's still true. Yeah. They were subjected to robberies beatings, kidnappings, and forced confinements. The survey showed a gulf between acts of violence suffered and acts of violence reported. The findings indicated a profound distrust of police and other authorities, the concentration of extremely vulnerable women, many of whom lived alone, often known to acquaintances only by street names, made downtown East Side the perfect hunting ground for an urban predator. End hmm. quote. So fucking true. hmm And yeah, they distrusted police because a lot of them reported shit and nothing was ever done about it. Exactly, And people yeah. kept fucking dying mm-hmm. because the police didn't take people seriously mm-hmm. because they didn't have anyone to vouch for them or stand no. up for them beci- no. besides each other. No. And, and the, the police didn't care
1: about any of them. No. And it's just s- systemic racism and stereotyping and assumptions.
0: And it runs fucking deep. By the way, when I went upstairs to use the bathroom and have a potty break... I took my blood pressure pill because I knew that this was going to inflate my fucking blood pressure because it makes me so angry for yeah. them. Yeah, So where does Robert Picton come in with all of this? How are they connected? Well, Picton frequently went to a rendering plant in that area where he disposed of animal waste from his piggy farm. He would drive around, stalking the area like a goddamn greasy pig, ironically enough, and he would prey on women. There is a 10-block strip of area called the Low Track, where a lot of the men and women I mentioned earlier would hang out. So the biker gang, the sex trade workers, the street gangs, Mm -hmm. um, the the people that I mentioned, that's where they would hang. Gilly Jordan. (sighs) Yeah. Robert Picton would drive around this area offering women drugs and money. Sometimes he would entice women enough with the drugs and money to get into his car. The women he was able to get into his car would be taken to his pig farm and never heard of again. I hate this. The women that he chose were women that strategically often went unnoticed. Indigenous women and sex trade workers. Most of these women led transient and marginal lifestyles, and they were not reported missing until either months or sometimes years Mm -hmm. after they were last seen sometimes some of these women who inhabited this area were never reported missing at all it's sad Mm -hmm. this is a quote quote in 1987 the rcmp which stands for the royal canadian mounted police set up a special team to investigate the unsolved murders and disappearances of sex trade workers but it was disbanded in 1989 because of limited progress and quote fuck off Mm -hmm. so you finally fucking do something and there's limited progress so that means you're supposed to do better. Dig deeper. Yeah. Hi. Boys hi. and girls. Not Come just on. fucking say fuck it. Right. Oh, we tried. Yeah. We tried to do it. But are they really that important? Yeah. You know what? They are. Disappearances started escalating. Go figure. And there seemed to be a pattern, or at least people were fucking talking about it now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There started to be talks of a serial killer circulating in the downtown east side in Vancouver. Sex workers started walking in groups. They tried to look out for each other. They would write down the license plate numbers of the vehicles that picked each other up. Unfortunately, the disappearances of the women fucking continued. Yeah. Because you can't expect citizens to catch a killer. Right. I'm sorry, that's not their job. Some of the women who went missing did have families who were involved. Not many of them, but some. These families established what became an annual Valentine's Day Remembrance Walk in 1991. The families and people associated with the missing girls demanded police attention and, and an investigation. But it's said that the police response was very limited, slow. It simply just was not up to par with, let's say, a 20-something-year-old white female of a wealthy family goes missing. Because she would be talked about all over the fucking city, mm-hmm. police would spend all of their time and attention on it. But this is not the case with the women who went missing in the downtown East Side low track. Vancouver police would refuse adamantly to say that there was a serial killer at work, or even consider the growing number of missing women could be deceased. No bodies equaled no investigation. To police, it seemed like a reasonable thing to assume that these missing women had just moved on or died from overdoses from the drugs that ran rampant in that part of town. So let's just let let's it go just assume. And not, yeah. Not let's just assume it. that all sex trade workers do drugs. Yeah. And that nobody cares about them. The Vancouver Sun, which was a newspaper, accused the police department of giving, quote, low opportunity to crimes committed against prostitutes, end quote. Duh. Mm-hmm. The department refused to or showed great, great reluctance to adopt newly emerging methods of investigation like psychological criminal profiling and geoprofiling. What I'm about to tell you is going to make you very, very mad. So I apologize in advance, but it pissed me off too. So let's all be pissed off together, shall we? In March of 1997, a woman who had been taken to the pig farm fought the fuck back when Robert tried to handcuff her. So this is good, right? She said at a very later date, quote, I was fighting him. I was like going backwards so I could get to this knife. I was begging him to let me go and telling him that I had a family. And then I leaped at him. I slit his throat. I remember him grabbing a rag and going, you fucking bitch, you got me good. And he put the rag on his neck. And then he had a big long stick. And I remember just picking up plants, everything I could get a hold of and throwing at him. End quote. This is a direct quote from the Vancouver Sun paper. She said that she slashed his jugular and fled, flagging down a passing vehicle for help. By the time she got to the closest hospital, the Royal Columbian Hospital, she had already lost three liters of blood, hmm. which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. She also had no pulse, which doesn't help anything. Oh, what the Mm -hmm. fuck? There were multiple stab wounds to her upper chest, arms, abdomen, and hands. She was 30 at the time of the attack, and she was unconscious for a reported four days. Scum of the earth, Robert Picton. He also lost a shit ton of blood. Good. They said the amount, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Uh, He drove himself to Eagle Ridge Hospital and then was transferred to the Royal Columbian, which I assume had more um, resources. Yeah. So now we have two stabbing victims quote unquote because he wasn't a fucking victim and both are being operated on and a key is found in the pants pocket of robert and they start thinking hey that's ironic that this dude has a handcuff key and this woman over here is handcuffed yeah so they try it on her handcuffs and miraculously they pop open thank god somebody put two and two together Jeez. Because nobody would have believed her. Yeah. So, with this evidence, Robert was arrested and charged with attempted murder, and all was right in the world. Just kidding. No, it fucking wasn't. Of course because not. Because these charges were all fucking stayed and eventually dropped because the woman, whose name was placed under the protection of a publication ban, was a drug addict. So what? Yep. She was not a competent witness. Okay. She's yep. got stab wounds all over her yep. body. Yep. So, that whole entire thing was thrown out because she did drugs. So God, so just because you do drugs and you had no pulse when you came into the hospital, right. he's not going to be
1: charged. Why does that mean your life is worth nothing? Fucker. I don't, I don't understand.
0: Picton told the authorities that this woman was a random hitchhiker and she had attacked him first, and he was defending himself. Uh. Yeah. In the spring of 1999, one of Vancouver Police Department's informants told them that a single mother and drug addict named Lynn. Ellingson had seen a woman's body hanging in the slaughterhouse at the Picton farm. <sighs> Ellingson initially denied this when questioned by the police, but much later she did end up admitting that she had seen the hanging body but chose not to report it because she was afraid of Robert Picton and she depended on him for drugs and money. Hmm. Also in 1999, a worker on the farm named Bill Hiscox reported to the RCMP that a woman named Lisa Yelds, who was a very close friend of Robert Picton's, said she had seen women's belongings like clothes, purses, ID cards, and papers. Bill Hiscox had a reason to believe that these items might belong to the growing list of missing women in the area. Yeah, Bill. Hi. Thanks, Bill. Where else are they going to come from? Apparently, police attempted to question Lisa Yelds, but she was uncooperative. Also, this report was the second one of Bill Hiscock's attempts to inform police about Picton's escapades or what he thought was going on. However, authorities couldn't obtain a search warrant based on hearsay evidence. Mm-hmm. In 2001, the Vancouver Police, along with the RCMP, formed a joint task force called Project Even-Handed to investigate the missing woman. So this has been going on for like three or four decades, but now we're going to maybe like kind of try to fucking half-ass it. Mm -hmm. Okay. February of 2002, a former employee of Picton Farms named Scott Chubb reported to the RCMP that he had seen with his two eyes illegal firearms in the trailer on the property belonging to Robert Picton. I'm surprised he would tattle on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Maybe there was something in it for him. Yeah, maybe. This finally gave the official requirement for a search warrant. So on February 5th of 2002, the task force raided the pig farm. They found several illegal and unregistered guns and also items connecting some of the missing women to the Picton property. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Robert Picton was arrested on a weapons charge. He was then released on fucking bail. They did keep him under surveillance. Wow. Yeah. And he was not allowed to return to his property until police finished their investigation, which was another search of the property under a second search warrant. Okay. During the second search, they found handcuffs. They found women's jewelry, women's shoes, women's clothing, and finally an asthma inhaler that had been prescribed to Serena Abbotsway, one of the missing women from the area. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bam, you motherfucker. <laughs> You're going to the slammer. So they tested the DNA of the blood found in the home and it came back as Mona Wilson, another missing woman. On February 22nd, Robert Pickton was arrested again and this time being charged with two counts of murder. Hmm. Two. Two. Hmm. two. Oh. While Pickton was being held in jail, he shared a cell with an RCMP, undercover police officer. Imagine that. Hmm. He believed he was another criminal, obviously. Right. During the conversation that they had, Robert Picton said he murdered forty nine women and he wanted to make it fifty. Jesus
1: Christ.
0: And there is a video out there. I was thinking about um I was thinking about inserting the audio, but it's so low quality you can't you wouldn't be able to hear it. So Mm -hmm. if you want to see it, you can just search Robert Picton. Surveillance on YouTube and okay. it'll pop up. So the Pig Farm murder grounds became the largest crime scene in Canadian history. Investigators took a total of 200,000 DNA samples. Wow. Archaeologists and forensic experts were brought onto the property, and heavy equipment was brought in to sift through soil hmm. on the property for human remains. If you look at the pictures which i'm sure will have at least one of the property it looks like something from the texas chainsaw massacre yeah yeah i've that's seen it before it's of. awful this investigation was estimated to have cost nearly 70 million dollars jesus sorry though that's a yeah. that's a small price to pay for 49 women potentially right. you know what and it could have been could have been a hell of a lot less yeah So the court shit was really drawn out, okay? It was very fucking drawn out. There was so much information about this. So I'm going to get to the point because I know I've taken up a hell of a lot of time by now. On December 9th of 2007, Robert Pickton was found guilty by jury on six counts of second degree murder. Six. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to life in prison. He was sentenced to no possibility of parole for 25 years and the Supreme Court of Canada upheld these convictions in 2010. He was charged with the murders in total of 26 women. He had claimed it was 49, like I mentioned before, but there was only evidence gathered of 26 women. There was also a Jane Doe found on the property, and I'm not sure if it was just remains of a Jane Doe or her entire corpse, but either way, I wanted to mention it because her case was not upheld in the court because of lack of information, mainly about her identity and the time of her death. And I hate that mm-hmm. because she was a fucking person and she mattered. Right. And I'm sure most people don't even bring that up. Right. So, right. I just felt that it was right to mention her even yeah. even though we don't know her name. Mm-hmm. After the six initial charges of the initial trial, prosecutors left the possibility of trying Picton on the other 20 charges open. However... In August of 2010, the prosecution announced that they would not proceed on the other 20 charges because a second trial would not add anything to his punishment because he had already received the maximum under the law in Canada at the time. Mm -hmm. So some of the families of those 20 victims were outraged. And some were relieved. Right. They just didn't want to relive. So the ones who were relieved didn't want to relive this trial and go yeah. through all of that. Um, and then the families that were outraged just felt like their loved ones had no justice, right. I guess. Right. Which I can understand their feeling of that. Mm-hmm. I get it that they wanted the voice to be heard, but yeah. that is what the court decided.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wasn't going to mention this, but Robert Pickton allegedly wrote a book
1: eventually Ooh. yeah eventually Uh-oh. sorry
0: <laughs> eventually due to public outrage it was withdrawn i wasn't going to mention it if there was like a title and shit because mm-hmm. i didn't want him yeah. to get any more fucking publicity okay this is a quote in 2010 a provincial government inquiry was established to examine the picton case and how it was handled by authorities in december 2012 some 2 years later the missing women commission of inquiry issued its final report titled forsaken the inquiry said blatant failures by police, including inept criminal investigative work compounded by police and societal bias against prostitutes and indigenous women, had led to a tragedy of epic proportions, mm-hmm. end quote. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, did it take a fucking inquiry to say right. that? Yeah. Obviously. Sorry. sorry. Okay. <laughs> The inquiry issued 63 recommendations, including the creation of a greater Vancouver regional police force to allow for more effective, less fragmented police cooperation. Mm -hmm. It also called for adequate funding for emergency shelters for women in the sex trade and for compensation for children of the missing women. Like this, uh, end quote, and that's from the Canadian, and that's from the Canadian encyclopedia. Those should be things that were already fucking, Mm -hmm. like that should not be something that you have to advocate for. Right god damn i found that it was also important or thought that it was also important to say the names of the women that robert picks murdered murdered and the names of the women that he allegedly murdered but even though he was never charged with those ones so mm-hmm. we have serena abbotsway 29 at the time of her disappearance mona lee wilson who was 26 andrea joseberry 22 brenda ann wolf 32 marnie lee Frey, no age listed Georgina Faith Pappin, no age listed. Those were the six women that he was actually charged with. Okay. Now we have the ones who he was never fully actually charged with at all. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline Michelle McDonald, who was 23. Diane Rosemary Rock, 34. Heather Kathleen Bottomley, 25. Jennifer Lynn Firminger, no age listed. Helen May Hallmark, no age listed. Patricia Rose Johnson, No age listed. Heather Shinnock, 30. Tanya Holk, 23. Sherry Irving, 24. Inga Monique Hall, 46. Tiffany Drew, no age listed. Sarah DeVries, no age listed. Cynthia Felix, no age listed. Angela Rebecca Jardine, no age listed. Diana Melnick, no age listed. Jane Doe, no age listed. Deborah Lynn Jones, no age listed. Wendy Crawford, no age listed. Carrie Koski, no age listed. Andrea Faye Borhaven, no age listed. Kara Louise Ellis, also known as Nikki Trimble, 25 at the time of her disappearance. And the following women are thought to be tied to the Pixin case as well, but even less information is known about these ones. Mary Ann Clark, also known as Nancy Greek, who was 25 at the time of her disappearance. Yvonne Marie Bowen, who was 34. Don Teresa Cray, no age listed. And then there were two other Jane Doe women who were unidentified. Now, you may have noticed how I didn't really talk about how he killed his victims or what he did with them. He lived on a pig farm, okay? He disposed of bodies in the way that you would guess.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't feel like there's any really real good reason to get into the way that he killed them. And I feel like our listeners can read between the lines of how he disposed of their bodies on a pig farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: this is like a, a pretty just, well-known one,
0: too. You, you you know. Yeah. I just don't want to go into detail about it because I don't think that there's any reason to. And Robert Picton is a disgusting, vile piece of shit and he should rot. And that is my hot uh-huh. take. That's it. I just hate that it, that it had
1: to go on for so long
0: before so they off. started
1: to give a shit.
0: Decades. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times when they were putting together these task forces and shit, they were doing it to appease the families and the public. Right. Not because they you, gave a shit.
1: Not in, not like every single one of them. I'm sure we can't lump all of them right. into one category. Right. But,
0: but I'm sure a lot of them were like, who really gives a fuck? Right. Which is awful. And the reason that we can make that observation is because nothing was done. And
1: because indigenous women are missing and murdered and abused at such a
0: high fucking rate in canada
1: for so long
0: and And it's still happening we fully understand that there are certain things like with the search warrants and things Mm -hmm. like that there are legal rules that police and police forces have to follow Mm -hmm. but to blatantly ignore the women who are going missing for decades is Mm -hmm. a whole other fucking ball game right
1: and it just makes more scumbags think, "Oh, they're easy targets. I'll yep. get away
0: with it." Yep. We will have a few things across our social media platforms, which we'll tell you in a minute. So, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and of course, the Cruel Link website, of where you can go to learn more about how to help indigenous women or or just learn more about or what's learn going more on. about the fucking problem that is there because there mm-hmm. are so many people who have no idea what no. that even means. It's been called a genocide. Yeah. Yep. All right, Tori.
1: What right, are you Katie. reading, watching, listening, doing? How's your week been?
0: I have been very busy. Same. I'm still reading the same books, <laughs> watching the same shows, doing the same shit. <laughs> I'm hoping to have more next week to talk about in this
1: time. Yeah. No, I've been too busy to do anything. I'm still reading Save the Cat and trying to piece everything together. That book is awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: know this is like the third week in a row we've talked about it, but if you're a writer, just buy it. I made, I made you buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, we've been watching um, Criminal Minds. Yeah. It's just been kind of on. And mm-hmm. it's cheesy sometimes. But it's just interesting. I don't know. Some of the stories yeah. on there. And so, a lot of the times it's like they, it clicks right away. Like, oh, how he, it's things that you you wouldn't fucking know. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're a profiler. Quote. Right. Air quotes. But like. I haven't watched that show in things so long. Just, I know. I it's, I don't know so it's yeah. just an easy thing I right think. exactly i don't even remember this past week to be completely honest <sighs> <Same>. with you <laughs> the days go same. by so fucking they really fast. do and so the nights fast. go by even faster
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yep so you can follow
1: us on all of the things all the things our instagram is at cruel and unusual the pod join us in cruel and unusual the group to talk about all this shit we always have a discussion yes. post every Thursday. You can email us at cruelandunusualthepod at
0: gmail.com. Send us some stories. You can go to our website at www.cruellinkmedia.com. And you could also tweet us because we've been fucking doing that lately. That is at cruelunusual.com pod on twitter twitter on the tweets of the tweets on the app. tweets
1: tweets okay or, your daughter's going fucking
0: nuts yeah my daughter is going apeshit and don't worry she has her father with her yeah we didn't just leave her in a bucket <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so that's it okay. we'll talk to you next week Love all right love ya bye love ya bye